so glad you could join us for mornings at YCVC today. We want to thank you for being a part of our online family and we hope that this message encourages you, blesses you and helps you grow in your walk with him. So let's get into the word. I love places of peace in my life. Where's the place of peace in your life? What sort of place would that be? You might think, for example, anyone got any ideas there quickly? Yep. At church. Yes. Can be a great place of peace. Anyone else? In the bush. Thank you. Or the sea, yes. The ocean, okay. Where there's no phone reception? That's a good idea. Okay. Um, some of my ideas. The bank of a flowing river. In the centre of the war memorial. Been there? Know what I'm talking about? At a venue with a friend. At a graveside in a cemetery. I love places of peace. I've been thinking about peace, and since it is a gift of the Holy Spirit, have I got my slides going yet? Excellent. A gift of the Holy Spirit. I'm seeking to live in the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the grace and the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And it's said this concept of peace is set alongside some of the most famous citizens or characters of the scriptures. Its best friends are people it hangs out with, like grace and joy. Romans chapter 8 verse 6 says, The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit, ruled by the Spirit, flowing with the Spirit, is peace. And it always plays on the team that's opposite a real group of nasties. People that you wouldn't want to be married to. People that you wouldn't want as your best friends. The works of the flesh. See, I see the concept of peace as a lens through which I can view and make sense of my life and my faith in the Lord Jesus. I love the concept of peace. I came across this quote when I was beginning to study this. The essence of the gospel can be expressed in the term peace, including reconciliation with God and the peace of fellowship with God. Now, peace is only a lens through which we look at the whole truth of Scripture we can look at it through other lenses as well. We can look at it through the lens of the lawyer. Or we can look at it through the lens of the accountant. What do, what do we profit and what do we lose? But it is not as common as seeing faith through the eyes of social justice, nor of religious practice, nor of leadership and government. Each of these are valid in their place. But I wonder if we were looking through the lens of peace, at our faith, at our world, 
we would discover a new depth to our humanity and we seek and practice a life of peace. A peace that would revolutionise churches and challenge societies. If we could only live in peace. But what makes peace peace? What makes peace peaceful? Compared to not being at peace, what is peace? Why do we need peace? How is peace gained? How do, we, how do we lose peace? Today I want to look at the big question and the big picture before in future talks I talk to you about some of the parts of this peace. Now let me show you what I mean. I've got my... Here we are. We're at our wedding reception at last. Okay. Imagine being at a wedding reception and you've gone into the wedding reception, boys and girls. Have you ever been to a wedding reception? Have you been to a wedding reception? No? Have you been to a wedding reception? Have you been... Uh, you're my talkative person. Yes, you've been to a wedding reception. You, may, you first go to a wedding reception and you go into the, into the entranceway and there's usually a sign or if there's no sign, what you have to do is to go and say, where... What table am I sitting at? And that's what I want to do today. I want to be the person who takes you into the wedding reception of peace and then have a look around the tables and see that there's a number of tables that are around this room and look for the one in which you might be sitting. And to explore the concept of peace by going and sitting at a few tables. But let me explain what peace is. The dictionary says that peace conjures up a passive picture. One showing an absence of civil disturbance or hostilities. Or a personality that's free from internal or external strife. Freedom from disturbance, tranquility, peace. In Christian literature, it usually focuses on an aspect of peace that we see in Philippians chapter 4. It's the peace of God. And this is the quote that I saw in a Bible dictionary. The Bible is filled with verses that can bring peace in the middle of struggles, worries, and fears. If we ask God, he promises us his peace, the peace that passes all understanding. And when we take time to step back from the pressures of life and come into the presence of God, he is able to speak promises of hope and comfort over our circumstances. Is that what you think of when you think of peace? Because I think that's what most people think of when they think of peace, and that is just one of the tables that we could go and sit at. In fact, it's a lovely table to sit at. But when we go looking, it's more than this personal calm. 
It's more than trusting God in the midst of our trouble. The word peace is used in the New International Version, because there's slight variations of versions, about 250 times. 156 of them come in the Old Testament and 93 uh, come as a translation of the word irene, which means peace in the New Testament. So what is peace in the Bible? Peace, or the word shalom, means to be complete or to be sound. Something that's incomplete is not at peace. Something that is unsound is not yet sound and therefore it's not at peace. Let's explore some definitions here. There are four main groups of thought around the concept. Peace can be wholeness of life or body. Peace can be a right relationship or harmony between parties and between God and people. Peace can be prosperity and success or fulfilment. Peace can be victory over one's enemies or the absence of war. Quite different understandings of the word, aren't they? Different tables in which I've invited you to go and have a look and see whether your name is attached to it today. So it has this idea of completeness and it has this idea of safety. Whatever context we attach it to in the table that we're sitting to, essentially peace is about being complete and whole and, and resting in something that's secure. And that's why I think I love the concept so much. And I, I'm sorry I didn't get your name. You can help me with your name. Melanie? St Stella, sorry. Whoops. Okay. I love the concept, the expression, because at my home I want it to be a place of peace. And we've sought to create that over the years. I want to be a, a proper, a, a God expression of my true humanity. I want to be peace with God and I want to live in a relationships of peace with other people. And I want to do what is right and brings peace in other people's lives as well as my own. And I want to do that as far as the society is concerned. I want to receive it. I want to live in it. And I want to give it to other people. And we'll talk about that next week and there will be a theological explanation of the children's talk for today. <laughs> so in this text that we've looked at today, there's two aspects of peace that I want to bring to your attention. Paul's declaration that those who were once disobedient to God are now saved by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ have this gift of grace not only to receive this salvation but to live it out in relationship with him and with others. So the Apostle Paul says this, From now, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself, 
is our peace. Who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. And in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility, he came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near, for through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Two things here. Jesus brings peace. He himself is peace. Jesus makes peace with God for us by his death on the cross. Jesus creates a new humanity at peace with God and peace with other people. Jesus is the key to peace. And then the parties themselves receive the benefit of that. The parties used to be hostile to God and were hostile to each other. The parties are now unified by Jesus to God, for the gospel of peace brings that to believers, and the parties are now united and unified with each other because of the peace that God gives them with each other. That's a lovely table to sit at. We'll sit some more there a little bit down the track. But there's other tables in the room apart from that one, and we need to talk about them today. Let me just give you a brief overview. First of all, there's the table at which there is an end to war and hostility around the concept of peace. Don't you plead for that in Russia? The ending of war and hostility, Judges chapter 8 verse 28. Thus Midian was subdued before the Israelites and did not raise its head again. During Gideon's lifetime, the land had peace 40 years. I'm reading at the moment through the uh, 1 and 2 Kings, etc., and this concept of coming back to places of peace is there often. Then there's, for some of us who are the young people in the room, the end of life table. Being at peace that when we die, we will be with Jesus forever. That, that when we die, this earthly struggle is over, we will rest in peace. There in the scriptures, Isaiah 57 verse 2, those who follow godly paths will rest in peace when they die. That's why it's used in so many places in our society. Then the third one. I got that one on there. Greeting and farewell. I'll take that up next week. The children's talk was magnificent in regard to that this morning. But notice, as we will next week, how many references there are to grace and peace to you, etc. Start and end of bookmarks, the letters of, of Paul often. Okay, but then we get to the interesting one. That's the concept of peace in regard to wellness, well-being, wholeness, prosperity and security. 
Look at these verses. Jeremiah 33, 6. Nevertheless, I will bring health and healing to it. I will heal my people and will let them enjoy abundant peace and security. That's a nice table to sit at. Jeremiah 33, 9. Then the city will bring me renown, joy, praise, honor before all nations on earth that hear of all the good things I do for it. And they will be in awe and will tremble at, listen, sit at this table, abundant prosperity and the peace that I provided. Wow. Go sit there. Mark, uh, Psalm 37, 11. But the meek will inherit and enjoy peace and prosperity. Isaiah 32, 18. My people will live in peaceful dwelling places, like your house. In secure homes. That's a good thing. In undisturbed places of rest. Isaiah 48. If only you paid attention, your peace would have been like a river. Your well-being like the waves of the sea. Here are people who are living in the blessedness and the joyfulness and the wellness and the security and the health that come as gifts of God through his blessing of our lives as he pours his peace into us as people. Go sit at that table. It's a beautiful table to sit at. You can't demand it. Tell God you've got to give me this blessing. But you can receive the blessings he gives with thankfulness and enjoy the peace that comes from him. So that's just a little overview. So we've, um, we've been there. We get the picture. All good. All done. Got the T-shirt. Wearing the Wallabies jumper. Won the test match. Everything's cool, nothing to worry about, peace forevermore, amen, right? No, sorry, not so quick. Think. It's not always that easy, is it? Why is it not always easy? What happens to peace when it flees from us? What happens when it's broken? What I'm conscious of, we need peace because we are broken people alive in a broken world. We are by nature and our own well-established habits, let alone what other people do, peace breakers, not peace makers. We're our own worst enemy, and other people don't help. And the circumstances around us make it even more difficult because of pain and suffering in the unknown future. We find at times this peace that surpasses understanding and the various tables at which we've sat with thankfulness to have a problem or two along the way. 
Have you noticed that? We need peace with God, yet we rebel against him. We need peace with others, but we elevate conflict in relationships. We need peace within ourselves, yet we do the very things that destroy the peace within ourselves. The Bible says this, there's no peace for the wicked. Ouch. We are surrounded by people who don't want peace. And there's a false peace that promises peace when there's no peace at all. So the tables aren't quite as comfortable now, are they? And Christians and churches, that's including us, are just the same. Romans chapter 12 verse 19 says, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with others. And James chapter 4 asks, why is there strife among you? And the answer he gives is, because we're driven by our self-interests. And Ephesians chapter 4. Seek to maintain unity in the spirit, in the bonds of peace. And we're not always good at that either in the Christian church. So we oppose peace. We are incomplete and unsound at the very core of our beings, it seems. So we need peacemakers. And the ultimate peacemaker is the Lord Jesus, of course. And he is the one who will bring peace to our hearts and lives. But like the psalmist, we cry out at times, how long, Lord, before all of this happens? In the burden of lack of peace, we come to realize that the struggle that we face is all around us. But God's intervention ultimately will bring a final peace A final peace. In an age to come, the animal kingdom will be restored to its tranquility. In Isaiah chapter 11 and verses 6 to 11, the lion will lie down with the lamb. The curse of the ground will be removed. In Amos chapter 9, 13 to 15. The nations of the world will come together under the Prince of Peace and will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. There will be a right relationship between man and God as a result of the work of the Prince of Peace. 
and in the heavenly place there will be no more pain or suffering but we will be ever we will be forever with the lord do you understand why i like this wedding place called peace it's a cool place to be so i want to encourage you today as you we look at across the board of these tables to seek the peace that God has for us, to receive it, to live it, to share it, to be at peace with God and others, to draw on it more and more, especially in the times of our brokenness, and to make it who we are to the glory of God. But can I also warn you about seeking after this peace? Because there is a story of false peace that we need to be careful of. I call it the peace trap. Where we seek peace just to be comfortable. We seek peace just to be selfish, really. We follow our sinful demands rather than seek a God of peace. We hope that we'll be able to find peace in something that's not God. And it ain't there. And we will avoid, even as followers of Jesus, for the sake of our peace, we will fail to take up the challenges and the sacrifices that are necessary so that we live God's purposes for our lives. And so in seeking peace, you can distort it and end up with a substitute that's actually life-destroying. So I've raised these concepts of peace today, peace with God, peace among people, among nations, around wholeness and prosperity, around greeting and our final state, to encourage you to seek peace wherever you might find it. To find the table with your name on at this point and sit in that chair and discover the peace of God. It's a journey that I'm on. And I encourage you to follow. And may the peace of God, which surpasses all our understanding, keep your hearts in the knowledge and the love of God and of Jesus, our Saviour. Today, in the midst of the marital at home, In the struggle at work, in the questions about the future, in wondering what's going to happen with Russia or China, be at peace with God and enjoy walking in peace, seeking his peace in all these areas of life. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word, for your encouragement for your truth. Thank you for your spirit 
that creates the realities of life with you in actual form in us and through us and around us. Help us to be people of peace. The peace that you bring through you, the Lord Jesus Christ, our Saviour and Lord. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. As you head back into your week, we want to encourage you to stay in His Word, stay in His love, and stay strong in your faith. Don't forget to keep up to date with what's happening via Facebook, Instagram, or via our website at ycbc.church. See you soon.